Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Capital Broadcasting Company. This is WRAL Out and About. I am your host, Kathy Hanrahan. And this is a podcast about bringing people together across the triangle. And today I'm going to be chatting with someone who has done it all. I feel like he has been on TV. He's, he's cooked on Bravo's Top Chef. He was a fan favorite there. He is now in Raleigh. Uh, he opened his restaurant High Horse less than a year ago in City Market. We're going to be chatting today with Katsui. Tanabe. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's been going on with his restaurant since the coronavirus, and he's going to be talking more about what it's been like relocating to Raleigh in the past year. Take a listen to my interview with Katsui. So I'm here with Katsui. Can you tell me more about how the past few weeks have been for you? Look, at the beginning was, first of all, it was scary. Then when we got the notice that we have to close, and just do curbside, it turned into sad. You know, that was the, the main the main move. I think as a chef, we work in an um, inspiration type of base. And uh, w- once they remove away your inspiration, your happiness, I think literally the, the passion, the love, the, 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 the fun of cooking goes out the door. So, you know, we're at that moment now. Uh, we try to do the curbside service, but our restaurant, it's a social experience. You know, people come to our restaurant not to be fed. You know, food's only like 40% of the experience. The other 60% is the ambience, the music, the people that go there. Um, you know, our business was not designed for like pick up food. So, you know, after a week of, we, we gave it a try and, you know, we, putting the balance, what was more important, our safety, safety of our guests, or try to make some pennies on the dollar. And the answer was, you know, let's just go back to our houses, be safe, and let's just write this out um, the best way possible. You know, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, yeah, that was one of the things you were saying you were weighing about staying open versus, you know, safety and and. Was it a difficult decision? I know you had, what, three employees left. Yeah, I had three employees left. Um, it, 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 it was difficult, you know, because thank God I'm, a, I'm at a point in my life that I have savings and I can survive. But most of my managers, they're a paycheck away to be homeless. And, you know, um, that was for me my biggest concern. Then when we find out there was a $600 ex, um you know, extra money for unemployment, then, you know, I, I felt a little more happy, if you will, about letting it go. So what has it been like um, being home? I know you, you recently relocated here in the past year or so. So what has it been like being home with the family? Well, we were talking about that the other day, my wife and I. And in LA, we were living, um, you know, close to Beverly Hills in a very congested area. 
on a 750 square apartment on a seventh floor, we would have go crazy there. Here, mm -hmm. at least we have two acres. We have a huge house, you know, the kids could be running outside. My wife could be upstairs. I could be downstairs. You know, we have that sense of space. So I, I, I you know, make, making the move to the, sorry, to the Carolinas was definitely the right call. It, it feels nice. Um, you know, I have never had a vacation since I remember. I have never had more than three days off, four days off. So it's been getting used to the slow lifestyle, you know? Is, is, is this what uh, being retired feels? You wake up and figure out what you're going to cook for lunch and then for dinner and then repeat all over again? It's got to be overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you go a million miles an hour, especially in your profession, you go, 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 go. And all of a sudden it stop. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been keeping myself busy making some uh, food videos of how to cook um, Mexican food based on the ingredients that I have in my pantry. So I've been posting those on at my YouTube channel and my Instagram. And that, that has helped me to stay like focused and, you know, still be inspired of how to, cook something yeah i was wondering what you were doing i figured you were still staying active with cooking and on social media because you're very active on social so people can still keep in touch with you they just got to watch youtube yeah and I, I i got a barbecue so i've been barbecuing every day grilling baking you know everybody's baking so you know i've been baking but the only difference i bake on a, on a charcoal grill instead of in the oven um I'm not gonna lie to you. you know, it's uh, the, the anxiety sets every night around 11, 12, and you know I usually go like till three, four in the morning, just moving, can't sleep. Wake up at nine, ten. Then uh, you know it's it, it's nice to have the time off. I just wish it was in a different situation, just like everybody else. I know. I feel like insomnia, it's like this coronavirus insomnia thing. I think a lot of, I mean, I have it too. It's like I wake up, it's like your mind's just racing. You can't settle. You feel anxious and you're up and you can't go back to sleep. You're wondering what's going to happen. You're wondering, you're worried about people you love. You're worried about your business. You're worried about a lot of things. And, and I don't know what the answer is to get back to that's, sleep, um, <laughs> but we're all, no, yeah, uh, it's terrible. That's, that's the biggest the biggest unknown, not having the answer because no one has the answer. If we knew it was going to be two, three, four months, you manage, you, you were like, okay, well, we're going to make it happen for four months, for six months. But right now we're in a, in a position that we just don't know. And then, you know, like, how do we deal with this anxiety? And 90% of the people that I talk, we all are getting drunk every night, you know, not to the point to be wasted, but like alcohol has been a, a cope mechanism for a lot of uh, people in my industry and I'm assuming in other industries as well, you know, our alcohol intake has definitely gone up since there's nothing else to do. I think so. People are self-medicating to try and calm their nerves. Um, and it's gotta be a hard, that's just, and it can be an unhealthy habit. And I know, I mean, everyone's just trying to figure out what their coping mechanism is. The Out and About podcast will be right back. We are back with more from Katsui Tanabe. A lot of people are cooking now at home. So that's that's a good thing and a bad thing um, at the same time. But uh, yeah, everyone's baking. I know I've been baking like crazy too. It's just one of those things. I made like a cobbler and a bread pudding and I'm making all kinds of stuff. 
Yeah, I brought a, a lot of the stuff that was going to go bad in the restaurant. So now I have like 20 pounds of cream cheese. And then <laughs> I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be making cheesecakes for the next like six months. Uh, I, you know, thank God we have cooking, you know. Like, and, and I'm glad that, you know, cooking has always been my cope mechanism and what makes me happy, what makes me actually sometimes angry and sad. You know, cooking for me has given me pretty much every single uh, mood swing you could ever have. But in this case, I think it's what's bringing people together in a virtual world, you know. We all are cooking. We all are exchanging recipes. We're all like, hey, how do you make this? How do you make that? I have never got so many calls from other chefs or other friends to be like, hey, how do you make this? How do you make that? How do you make this? And the same way around, I always call my friends like, hey, how do you make that focaccia? How do you make, you know, all that Italian food that I don't know how to make? And <laughs> you know, there's always something good coming out of a bad situation. Are people calling you asking about the cornbread? Are you getting a lot of requests to know how to make Actually, that cornbread? I, I, mm-hmm. I have got so many of those ones, and I said, I, I can give you every re- any recipe except that one. <laughs> I know, because that's the one, if I was going to like bug you about a recipe, I, I, I would be, I mean, literally, that's the thing, man. I, I love your cornbread. I'd be sitting there like, man, I hope he makes that cornbread and sends it over to our house, man. If I was your neighbors, I'd be like, man, I hope he makes some cornbread. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been feeling the neighbors too. You know, we got so much produce, so much stuff that I was like, "Hey, you, you guys want some like five pounds of garlic?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we'll take the garlic." You know, so I, it's interesting. But if you know, in LA, I live in the same apartment for the last ten years. I think I met my neighbors once here in North Carolina. I have talked to my neighbors like every day for the last like six days. You know, obviously with like a big distance between each other, but you know, it, it's definitely nicer to be here. Well, this is happening that in LA for sure. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you have space to move around too. You have a house that you can move around. You've got the kids can go outside. I mean, that's the thing. Getting outside, even just for a little while, just to just run around or ride a bike or just do something. I mean, that's a huge thing. Um, I do. Not everybody, I think, knows your background. I want people to know while we've got you on the podcast. Tell me more about what got you into cooking. You have a lot of influences in your life. Yeah, my. My mom's side, it's a Mexican, uh, traditional Mexican family. And on my dad's side, more of a traditional Japanese culture. So both flavors just merged when I was a kid, uh, you know, from soy sauce to miso to uh, fish sauce, uh, from chilies, tortillas, and beans. Um, we never call it fusion. It was just called dinner. And I, I thought it was pretty normal to put soy sauce on your Mexican rice until I got older and I went to my friend's house and they're like, oh, can I have soy sauce? I'm like, for what? For my rice? And they're like, we don't put soy sauce. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I come from a different background. And that's what ha- what I have been cooking for the last 10 years. You know, I uh, my restaurants are, they have a very strong Japanese base. The umami, the miso, the, that's my base, how I start cooking. And then I add the Mexican spices, chilies, and acid. So I, I don't like to call it a fusion. It's just um, a way to bring two cultures together. You know, I don't think there's such a thing as an authentic Mexican or authentic Japanese because everything from the last four centuries, it's all um, a mix and a fusion of food. So there's really no, um, I, I wouldn't like to say it's a fusion or it's an authentic restaurant. You know, it's, it's just the food that I uh, 
that I crave. So how many times have you done um, Top Chef? Three times. I did uh, Top Chef Boston, Top Chef Mexico, and Top Chef uh, Charleston. So what were your experiences on those shows? Did you, I mean, I know you're a fierce competitor and you want to, you, you want to cook well. Um, what are, so, what was one of your, some of your takeaways from doing those shows? I think the number one takeaway, it's definitely the friendship of other, of other chefs. And that friendship has stayed with me for years now. And that's literally the most important thing because you're competing against one of the best chefs in the, in the United States. And then they become your friends. And these people are actually the ones that are helping to be a better chef, to exchange recipes, to like compare flavors. That's the number one. The number two, it's, I, don't, I don't recommend anyone to do it because unless you're the winner, everybody after the show goes through a really bad depression you know it's uh it's an awful feeling uh being a loser at uh, a top chef uh and a lot of people actually do very bad after the show you know the the depression the hits really strong for me it took me a couple of weeks to like shake it off but i got friends that went like a month two months without work because they just couldn't get up they were just so depressed so you know it's uh, uh there's always two stories to uh, two sides of the story but you went back and did it two more times. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for pain. I love, <laughs> I love abuse, you know. And I, I understand the power of TV and the power of media. Uh, I try very well, you know. I still want to win, but yeah, the first time it hurt me a lot. By the third time, I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I like, I like cooking, and you know, I, I like making new friends and. Uh, the only thing that you gain out of it uh, in a professional sense, it's you become a better chef. That's, that's true. You become a better chef after Top Chef. Well, I just want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I know it's been a, a rough few weeks, but um, it's always good to, to connect with you and, and just, just talk about food. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want to send me messages on Instagram or like, I do a lot of stupid posts that I like to call them. and. Um, I always talk about food. That's literally the only thing that I know how to do, food. Well, we'll go ahead and include, we'll include some links in there for your YouTube and all the other channels so people can kind of catch up with you in our show notes so people are able to know what you've been doing and they can follow you a little bit more um, as you're cooking and doing all your demos. Absolutely. Other thing that uh, just before we, um, we finish with this, you know, something that I've been working a lot, it's with other people in the industry. You know, I, I went through depression like, a lot of people, but I, I, I knew how to manage my depression. But there's a lot of people in our industry that are always afraid to like, you know, talk about sadness or depression. And I, I have made it a goal of myself uh, for the last year uh, to be that person that if somebody wants to like talk about like having a bad day or going sad or like, you know, being depressed or having anxiety, like, you know, reach out to me. And I might not have the answers, but sometimes it's just nice to like, be able to talk to someone and just get it out. So, And sometimes you just need someone to just listen. They don't need to solve the problem. They just need to be there and just know that you're not alone. Absolutely. And we feel alone a lot in this situation. And you know, I've dealt with mm -hmm. depression. I've dealt with depression and I understand exactly what you're saying. It's like this, you just sometimes just need someone, um, that safe person that you can communicate with and not feel 
judgment or anything. So it's awesome that you're there for people. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. I want to thank Katsui for joining me today on the podcast. This has been the WRL Out and About podcast, a production of the CBC Podcast Network. If you like what you heard, please give us a review and share with your friends. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today. That's jimallen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.